0: Hi, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of the Shop Notes Podcast. Logan, John, Phil, we're all here today for another episode. And today's episode topic will be discussing shop cleanup, companies coming, and shop coffee. Also want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Shaper Tools. They're the makers of the Shaper Origin, the handheld CNC router that brings digital precision to the craft of woodworking. Tackle joinery, cabinetry, hardware installation, and more with speed and precision. Try it risk-free in your shop for 30 days. Just visit shapertools.com to learn more. I remember um, one of the magazine brands that we, that Active Interest Media purchased along with Popular Woodworking several years ago. Was American Woodworker. And they had their, what was their like goof up cartoons at the back of the magazine? Um, Great goofs or something like that. Yeah, and actually I had
1: the the guy that wrote those. He has been contacting me about picking them back up.
0: Oh, yeah. Potentially. All right. We'll see. I always liked them. They were kind of funny. Um, One of them I remember, and it was just something that you talked about. Seconds before we started this podcast was a guy talked about, you know, he was looking forward to going into spending some time in his shop. So he grabbed a cup of coffee, went out to his shop, set the coffee down on the bench, did a couple of things, went over, grabbed a coffee mug, took a big swig, and it tasted disgusting because it was like a week plus old coffee that he had left in his shop. <laughs> from before and at the other end of his bench was the like still steaming fresh Mm. cup of coffee
2: at least it wasn't a cup of mineral spirits or something right
0: yeah
1: that's true yeah i mean because i have so i'm a huge fan of these bubba travel mugs
0: all right i have two sponsored
1: yep yep (laughs) i have two of them and like i left mine here Yesterday, and it's like, well, as we're doing this podcast, don't want to accidentally take a drink of that. I mean, it was just yesterday's coffee, not that big a deal. I don't,
0: right? It's probably still warm it. in the Bubba thing, right? It might,
1: it might be. Uh, but I've accidentally taken a swig of coffee that's been in my truck for a couple of days,
0: right? We have a coffee maker on the video studio, and we're not in there every day nope. or necessarily every week. And what was it? Week before last or something, I went in there and I was going to – and I saw, oh, somebody made coffee. Nope. Mm. It had been probably a couple of weeks. There were little islands of fuzz floating around on the coffee. On the liquid coffee, not to say what kind of civilization had developed on the coffee grounds up in the basket. So Highly Um, caffeinated, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. They were very active.
1: Do you think that's how – the coffee stout beers are made no they just let it start
0: fermenting <laughs> yeah there's a difference between fermenting and mold growth. <laughs> okay <laughs> <Yeah>. that's, <fair. laughs> that's true like one of them is coffee stout and the other one is like coffee truffles what about
2: coffee blue cheese like okay maybe like a stilton
0: yeah, yeah. maybe
1: I did buy some espresso encrusted cheese the other day. It was okay. See? All yeah, right. That's close. A yeah. little weird. Okay. I mean, okay. I prefer my coffee grounds in my mouth at the bottom of the cup. That's almost worse than drinking day-old coffee, but...
0: Yeah. Which brings me to a question. Because um, I've thought about this when we moved our video studio a couple of years ago. Is... On the set of the show having the coffee maker on the set visible and in your ideal workshop would you have a coffee maker there i would i I probably wouldn't because you're not you haven't i don't like you recently started drinking coffee right yeah
2: i don't drink it like regularly when it's it's when it starts to get cold out i'll get coffee and and drink it and stuff, but it's not something that I crave daily okay. yet. Yeah. So, right. but yeah, so I would not as, I wouldn't use it as often. I'm sure it would just get dusty and crusty.
0: That might make it better though. True. True. So this is the question for the podcast listeners is, do you have a, co- a coffee maker in your shop? Or if you could, would you like, would you, you know, like, cause I, my workshop, I wouldn't because it's an unheated garage. If that were a conditioned space, I probably would. I think it would be fun.
1: Um, so I, my, my biggest fear having a coffee maker in my shop, that's not a fear. I mean, my coffee mug was, doesn't have a lid to close and it was in our shop today while we were cleaning up. Right. I drink so much dust. It doesn't matter. Uh, It would, I know it would get a lot of dust in it in my shop. Um, so I think I don't, I wouldn't have like a standard, like drip coffee. I think I would go the Keurig style. Okay. Cause then it's like, it's pretty enclosed, you know, the water is horse contained, not that big a deal then that's how I would go personally.
0: Mm All right. Which I think, uh, and this is something my brother-in-law showed me, I think, or was it one of you guys like Makita? makes a cordless coffee maker Mm -hmm. for their 18 volt range or line of tools. Mm -hmm. So, which is maybe a reason to like want to have Makita tools.
2: I could see having like a cordless margarita maker in the shop.
1: (laughs) And I'd be down with that. I was going to roll rolled the, you know, the everyone that's going to say, Oh no, I, I got a beer keg. Kegerator, right? It's like not in my shop, but because then I'm going to set it on my table saw. Then I'm going to have ring on my table saw, and it's going to look like Mark's joiner after
0: about a month. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that says something about the jointer. That's true. We did uh, another thing that happened today was we have company coming. We have a tour group, so the people who are listening to this on the Friday that this episode drops there will be a tour from the Cedar Valley woodworkers coming through our shop here. So we decided to clean up. And next week we have the Lord's high star commanders from our corporate office coming for planning meetings. So we thought that we would spruce up the place and have it less like a dorm room in here. And we found out that, uh, The jointer that is near Mark Hopkins, Shop Craftsman Mark Hopkins, we haven't used it in a while because the knives, they're regular straight knives, and they dull quickly. And since we have a carbide head jointer, we didn't use it all that often. So there were how many rust circles on there? I counted nine. I counted nine nine rust rings. It looked
2: like the Olympic rings, basically. Yeah, basically.
1: Uh Uh And... As we are standing there, there are two coffee mugs sitting on it. Right. Which, let's, okay, I want to be as accurate as we possibly can. Mark is English, so they're tea. Yes, tea. Tea cups. Tea mugs. Yeah. Tea cups. Tea cups.
0: <laughs> they were mug like sized. little china. Yeah, they were little. Yeah. Pinky up. Yep. Pinky in there. Because what does he drink? The something something nibs mm. or whatever? Uh, PG tips. There you go.
1: Which is actually, so I bought, I bought a box of it. When, when Jimmy was coming to, uh, film here, I bought a box of it for my house. So, so he could drink his PG tips, his fancy English tea. And I, I thought, oh, 11 bucks on Amazon for a box of tea bags. Little more than I pay in the store. Usually I think tea in the stores, you know, four bucks for a box. Right. I didn't realize the box I bought had 360 bags in it. Wow. So. I brought it in and donated it to the, uh, the English charity in our shop. There you go. Yep. So.
0: So do you have a fridge in your shop now, Logan?
1: I don't. I have a fridge outside my shop in like our basement area. Right. Um, but that is something I will put in my shop as we build it in the spring is a mini fridge, um, just to kind of keep, some waters in there. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting my shop is going to be used by more people than myself. You know, if we're doing pop wood photos and projects and videos and stuff. So keep some bottles of water in there, you know, coffee creamer and you know, whatever else. So super glue glue in the fridge, what?
2: Pudding cups,
1: pudding cups. Yes. (laughs) Pre-cooked bacon,
0: backpacks, uh, froze toast. yeah, Yeah.
1: Yes. I do keep my super glue in the fridge, though. So okay, okay. I, I right now my fridge in the basement, right outside my shop door, uh, has Perrier sparkling water and a bunch of Titebond and Starbond uh, super glue. So keeps a little bit longer in the fridge, in my opinion.
0: Oh yeah. So okay. I've heard that with liquid hide glue. I could see that. And you can get longer shelf life out of it. Yeah. But would you put a fridge in your shop
1: if you ended up with a bigger shop that was conditioned?
0: Yeah, I could. I would. Okay. Just a little mini fridge to have, like you said, some water out there or... Yeah. I would like my shop to be a welcoming space for people, whether it's my kids or visitors or yeah. coworkers or whatever people stop and buy.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I have a, a friend that I I'll go and hang out in his shop occasionally on Sunday evening and, you know, we'll usually turn something or whatever and a lot of times I'm just hanging out. So he always had a mini fridge in there that I had adult beverages in it and stuff. It was nice just to be able to sit there and watch him
0: work and just hang out. Yeah. So not that we're advocating alcohol and power tools just to, no, I was by I'm a bystander.
1: Right. comes to that. Would you, So. so let me ask you this because same shop we've watched football before. Right. TV in the shop or no,
0: no, I, okay. I can't do that. I mean, I, I walk around when I walk my dog in our neighborhood and the weather is halfway decent. I'm kind of surprised on the number of people that have TVs in the garage. Mm-hmm. I,
1: I, I put one in my garage recently, um, because I'll be out there like cleaning or working on something now, like just to turn background noise on. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. because then it's easier, like if the kids are out there, you know, riding bikes or whatever. Otherwise I'll put my earbuds in and I'll just listen to a book on my phone, but then it's a little harder for me to hear what's going on with them. Right. So
0: seeing when I'm in my shop, I, I either want just ambient sounds of nature, you know, birds or the wind or whatever, or I end up having my, um, I like earplugs. And I'll just have those in from having just used a power tool and I'll just leave those on and I just like silence. Sure. Cause I'm normally, a an NPR news kind of person and I don't, I won't even do that in the shop. Yeah. Just I like, I like my quiet.
1: Okay. I, I recently got a pair of the IsoTunes in ear link aware's the
0: Oh yeah, yeah. They're the
1: active noise canceling ones that so it'll right. turn on and off so you can talk to people and stuff. And I like hooking those up to a, uh, my phone and listening to a book on them. Okay, that's kinda, fair. That's kind of. I like doing that more if I'm not running power tools because even with like the earbuds in or like the over ear, I have some um, 3M over the ear Bluetooth ones. Sure. Even with those, like if I have a book playing. And I turn the table saw on, I can't hear the book. So
2: yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. I, I have the radio on in the shop, but doesn't really do much good when have power tools on and off because not yeah. really hearing that. Then so, but if it's just yeah. in there doing cleanup or hand tool stuff or
1: whatever. John, with, an, with a pending move coming up, in yeah, your shop. Are you going to put a TV in your garage?
2: I don't know. Like I've said before, I've only been in that garage for maybe like two seconds twice. So I don't know <laughs> You don't even know what, what it's like. That's I don't, know. Fair. I don't yeah. know.
1: So we're gonna see what happens. But see, this is how you know John is such a family man because if it was mm-hmm. me, I'd be in like I'd be in my space. Like, I wanna see what that looks like and I would know everything about it right. before I even made an offer on the house. Yeah. John's more about the family.
2: Like, I'm all up the family.
1: Is my family going to enjoy this house?
2: Right. And then I'll just carve out my little space after the fact. Yes. Right. So, but yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see how it kind of all sets up. If I have a TV out there. Because if I had a TV out there, it'd be more of like we were hanging out in that area, whatnot. So rather than having it on when I'm working. So,
0: yeah. Which is a good question, too, for. Input feedback from viewers and listeners here is what's your current garage theory that you're working on? Cause there's the, the garage is for cars. The, it was one, two, the garage is a self storage facility that you don't pay for other than your mortgage or three, the garage is a bonus room of some sort that you have TV, you have people over there, and that's like your kind of like informal entertaining space. I mean, I know some people will have like their garage as a workshop, so I guess I would call that in the third area where it's, you know, your garage is set up as a entertainment zone, a shop, home gym, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to, to know, cause I see all of those when I drive or when I walk around the neighborhood, Mo- probably most are storage center. Yeah. Very few cars in garages.
2: Yeah. It's amazing. Like thinking about houses. I mean, they didn't have garages for a long time, but then a long time, you know, they got the one car garage and it's like, you can fit a car in there. Yes. But it's like, where did you put everything else? Right, and maybe they just didn't have as much stuff back then, but
0: I know. But I mean, they still had lawns, right? So I don't know. You know, and if it's like houses and the garages were built like in the '50s, those were big freaking cars, like right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You can't long. even hardly open up the door in there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's
2: interesting too, because uh, with the the sale of our house, I had to dig out the abstract and uh, hand that over to the. Appropriate authorities, but I I was reading through that last night and it's it's interesting to see the story of like that house and property If you know, it goes back to the basically the founding of the state of Iowa and then, you know, works its way through, you know, all the, you know, whoever owned that property and then it being developed and built in the 60s. And then it talks about uh, going through different bankruptcies or divorces or Somebody has a lien for a two-dollar dog tax or something that needs to be paid, and so it's like, oh, that yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of story there that that I don't know, even though I've been in that house a long time. But yeah, makes you wish like tools that you find would have an abstract and kind of tell you the story. Like you know, you find stuff at the antique store, and I think Logan, yeah. you found a plane one time that had somebody's name and social security number etched into the side of it. And
1: that was, that was, yeah, that was the best selling, like that plane sold for the most out of any plane I've ever sold.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I, I, deleted Cause you sold it. it on the dark web. Is that yeah. why yeah. or yes. went
2: straight to Russia? That's weird.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it <was> weird. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, I raised the last four of the social, but I mean, I was able to track down the guy from Coralville, Iowa that bought it originally. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a carpenter in the union. And it was like, like awesome story that went with it. And it sold for, you know, several hundred dollars, which I thought was crazy.
0: Wow. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Cause I found that in the abstract too. There was, um, back in the mid sixties, they were talking about, um, some people, two different people in there and it gave their social security numbers. Cause they were trying to, it's this John Smith that lives on this road, not this John Smith that. So they just use social security numbers <laughs> to identify the two different people. And it's like, I'm sure these people are long gone, but I don't think they right. like their social security numbers yeah. flying around.
1: Well, you know, I think it's funny because I'm sure most of our reader or most of our listeners remember a time when your social security number was your driver's license number.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Like, it never really used to be a thing until the internet. Right. Yeah. And then it became a thing, but you know, so. Hmm.
0: So we briefly mentioned it already in that we had a shop cleanup day today and it's been worse. So it was actually in pretty decent shape, I thought. Yeah. But one of the things that we did was to make sure we had all the air cleaners turned on. And then when we were almost done, decided to clean off the air cleaners, which apparently the tops of the suspended air cleaners had a, I would call a healthy protective coating of dust.
1: Yeah. I wish I would have looked above it before I pushed it off of the broom. (laughs)
0: Because
1: it might have changed my mind.
0: (laughs) Honestly, I didn't think that there was going to be that much up on top of the air cleaner. Because what is that in there? Those are 12s, right? 12-foot ceilings?
1: Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah.
0: And they're mounted pretty close to the top. Yeah. So I was not expecting it to be as thick as it was because we had a good lay pile fall to the
1: floor. Dust knows no bounds.
0: Right. Yeah. So this is an area that I... I go back and forth on like how vitally important it is for a shop, especially a home woodworking shop. You know, like ours is a, it's in use by multiple people all day long. So would you guys have an air cleaner in your shop or do you?
1: I do about I one of the JDS ones that we sold, as some oh, yeah, yeah, we consolidated right um for a small shop i like it especially a small shop in the house now my issue with them is how much do they really get yeah i mean quite clearly when we when we removed we all saw when we removed the filters today like
0: there was there stuff was, there mm-hmm. there
1: was stuff there how effective are they once they grab that much stuff like are they really only grabbing that cup full of dust and that's it and (laughs) they don't hold anymore i don't know like i i'm sure somebody has some metrics on how efficient they really are
0: yeah
2: yeah i would say in the house they're kind of if they're if they're working well they're, they're vital to you know keep that the air clean and spreading keep it from spreading throughout the house but it's like when you're Sanding or working at a tool, is it really stopping the dust from getting to the surface to your lungs? I mean, there's not going up into the air cleaner first. So, I mean, you, you need other mitigation as well, like dust masks and, and stuff like
0: that. So, and the part that always gets me with it is, you know, woodworking has a stigma attached to it, that it's an expensive entry point for a hobby. And it's like, these are the 10 tools you need to start woodworking. But PS, you also need a multi-hundred dollar dust collector and air cleaner too. Yeah. And I don't know. I get it from the safety standpoint. I, That's not a question for me, but from an intimidation standpoint, I just wonder, you know, like I, My shop, I use a shop vac for dust collection, source, point source dust collection for sanders and bandsaw, planer, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So I will say I do like the little, uh, general international has a new little floor
1: canister air filter
0: kind of like canister. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that one and the, what is it? Axiom makes one, you know, a round one. Yeah. <clears throat> those seem kind of interesting. Yeah.
2: Paramatic well, has the one fan shaped one as well. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, and Oneida air has a bench top type one that works pretty well. Um, the one thing I like about those type ones is they're very direct, like they're very directed, I guess. Where you can put it right where you're creating dust and it will grab much more than like that air cleaner, ambient air cleaner. Um, so like the, the right. PowerMatic, or not the PowerMatic, the uh, General International one that we have. Last week uh, we were doing photos out in the photo studio and we don't have a dust collector out there. So that the saw was spitting out quite a bit of dust. So I rolled that thing right in front of it, turned it on, and it sucked up a lot of dust uh, from the saw. Hmm. So it was nice to be able to directionally or, or very, you know, very targeted air cleaning. Um, and I think the Powermatic one's probably the same. I haven't messed with the Powermatic one, um, but it's kind of like the old, you know, um, assuming it's much more efficient than the old filter over a box fan, but that type of thing. So. Right. I think to some degree, and this might just be my own personal opinion on it, but to some degree, dust collection is a futile attempt because you're never gonna get it at all. yeah, then you can you can give yourself the best chance to get it, but there's still gonna be stuff that floats around right we're not we're not woodworking in a you know vacuum.
0: yeah, so. I mean you would need a pretty high powered air circulation system to get more because I mean we it's not like we never clean the shop but I mean there was a lot of dust on top of cabinets and even dust on top of the dust collection piping you know and we had done that a year ago or in spring
1: yeah I want to say it was before summer but after winter so that would be spring so
0: where we did clean off the duct work you know so it's yeah. So it's not like we never do it, no, and but it is, it is interesting. And, but I think I feel like it's also one of those things like a, having an ambient air cleaner and a dust collector are only as effective as how often you remember to turn them on.
1: That's what I was going to mm-hmm. say. Our air cleaners in the shop, if there's a lot of dust getting made, they'll get turned on, but they're not turned on all the time. So that, you know one or two table saw rip cuts you make that you don't yeah. turn the air cleaner on for, but you turn the dust collector on, that starts to add up over a six month period of, you know, six people using the shop. So right. um, it, that is worth noting that general, the the little Anister one, and they have a hanging air cleaner as well. They have automatic on off. So they have a little infrared sensor that they shoot out that measures air quality. And Once it reaches it reaches a certain threshold, it will turn itself on. Oh, so that's okay. kind of nice. That takes some uh, takes some of the responsibility off us to remember to turn it on. <laughs> yeah, but yeah.
2: Speaking of cleaning off the piping, it seems like we when we uh, schedule these. Shop cleanups. We get in there. We start sweeping, cleaning up the bench, cleaning up the tools, get it all perfect. And then we look up and be like, oh, maybe we should clean off the pipes today. It's like, <laughs> yeah, start at the top and work your way work down. Work way down. I,
1: right. I thought that, too. And that's what Chris said. He said that, you know, sometime over a break when nobody's here, he's going to come in, just open up the doors, put a bunch of fans in the doors, and just blow everything off and get it to all suck out. Mm. Yeah, um, because yeah, it's yeah. We should start at the top, but we never do.
0: Right. Also, feels like we should do the major cleaning, like just before lunch, and then come back from lunch and then sweep the floors again. Mm-hmm. Yes, because you yeah. get that
2: fine dust that resettles, and
0: yeah, because it's like I don't know how
1: many times today when we were cleaning up the shop, I saw somebody grab a vacuum or they had a vacuum and they just turn around and go vacuum something that somebody else just vacuumed, but they're mm-hmm. still getting stuff up.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You know? Well, I swept up two different parts of the shop floor twice. Yep. And I was like, did I even do this before? Yep. Cause. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, I will say that is one thing that kind of makes me want to be able to move my, sh- well, I've thought about moving my shop to the garage, for the simple fact of opening the garage door and grabbing a leaf blower. Right. You know, like that would be nice.
0: Which I laughed at that idea at one point. Cause I just slash scoffed because I just, it just seemed ridiculous. And then I think two summers ago, my wife and kids were visiting family. So I was kind of home alone and I did a reorganization of the garage and swept out the, Cause we keep both of our cars in the garage, plus my shop, plus all the kid paraphernalia. Mm -hmm. So i pulled a bunch of that stuff out and like cleaned out the like stress relief cracks in the concrete and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I need to just get the dust out of here. So I went and I have an electric leaf blower and fired that baby up and It was shocking how effective that was.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my always my go-to in the garage is after I'm done sweeping, it's like, now we really clean it. You get the battery-powered leaf blower out and
0: I just need to make sure that I do that more often. Because I was thinking that what it's going to do is just blow everything into the air so that it can settle in different places. But if you start at the back and work your way up and you have a good you know, breeze going through your garage or workshop or whatever. it It's shocking and a little disgusting on how much stuff yeah. comes out. There was a number
1: of, well, two, two summers ago, my wife and I went and we looked at a house that was a little north of us. it, was, it had been for sale forever. So we we're like, yeah, we're just gonna go look at it. And it was one of those like for sale by owner type things um our realtor went with us when we looked at it and stuff and the owner was there um and it was a a older gentleman he was i want to say he was like the it director for the state of iowa something like that worked for the state and he had just retired yeah um but he had a huge garage like the house was nothing to you know get super excited about but it was like a 12 stall garage it was a big l shape and it was i mean it was massive but the, the small part of the L was his woodworking shop. And I walked in there and I'm like, oh, this is cool. You know? Uh, and he said, yeah, you know, the best thing I ever did was I, I put the second garage door in, so he had a garage door on both ends oh. and he, he sat on top of a hill, um, and he's like, I open up both doors and he said, the breeze takes everything out. Mm-hmm. And I was like,
0: Perf. That's crazy. Like a Fox.
1: Yep. And that's awesome. Yep. That's what i need. It's just a wind tunnel. Okay. Don't want your kids to play outside when you're doing that.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> just go upwind.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Also, like I said, part of the reason that we cleaned is that we have a tour group coming in tomorrow. And I'm going to throw this out there to the internet. That if you're interested in touring the Woodsmith facilities, we'd love to have you. So if you're in the Des Moines, Iowa area or traveling through or whatever, uh, feel free to come on through. It's best just because there's not as many people here as regularly as it used to be to give us an email or a call to let us know when to expect you, but otherwise there's, we'd love to show you the place where we work. Cause it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. If we could space and, out like every two months so we get shop the shop clean right. free. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. See,
0: that's a good thing. We'll announce so a shop
2: clean up and then be like, all right, yeah, we're planning yeah. this out, come the day after.
0: Right. So if you just want to come on your own or with a woodworking group or other group or whatever, just let us know. We'd love to have you. Yep. Because unlike a lot of other magazines in general, we do it all in house here. So Yep. We have the photo studio, the video studio, the shop. Magazine offices, so you can see the whole picture. Um, we also have a cooking and a gardening magazine in our facilities here too, so you can walk through the test kitchens and uh, see some of the gardening stuff that uh, gets done around here. Would love to have you. Mm-hmm.
2: And the best part, uh, if you show up after a shop cleanup, we have a lot of more stuff on the free table. <laughs>
0: right. <to laughs> Let's yeah. Get rid of. So. Yeah. It's like the discard pile in a card game. It's just,
2: yep. Yeah. We've done tours as small as one person up to, I don't know, maybe 50, 75. I
0: don't know how many groups have come through. We had some pretty big clubs come through. So yeah. So yeah, pretty fun. Speaking of new workshops, Logan, do you have any updates on yours?
1: Um, we're, we're waiting until spring. I was going to try, I was trying to sneak it in before the thought the freeze. Yeah. But I have so many trees I have to take down. I have, I went out and counted them. There's 14 trees I have to take down. Wow. They're all walnuts. They're all nice sized walnuts. Uh, There's one elm tree that kind of forks like right at waist height. Mm -hmm. And there is a grill rack grown into the middle of the crotches. So that's going to be an interesting one. I don't know how I'm going to deal with that I can't chainsaw it out. I
0: don't know. Burn it, just but like the grill, it,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, so we just decided it's best. Instead of trying to rush it and get stuff done before it froze, we're just gonna, we're gonna do it in the spring. Um, we'll be, we're first on the contractor's list for the spring Okay. Time, so yeah. I'm still, exciting. I'm waiting, I'm kind of waiting on the contractor to give me different pricing on some options I asked for. Like, okay, hey, what happens if I add, you know, 10 foot in width or 10 foot in length on it? What happens to the Radiant price?
0: Radiant heat floors. What was that? Radiant heat floors. Yeah,
1: no, I'm not, I know I'm not doing that. No way. <laughs> I, I, no. I mean, will, down the road, will I wish I did? Yeah, probably. But you know what? I'll deal. I've always wanted a wood-burning stove and a wood chop. Uh, I would love that. But. So, like, maybe I'll just do that. And they make they make wood furnaces, and I have a right. friend that has one of those. So, it's like you literally just put wood in it, and it blows hot air through ducts.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, that seems cool. So, it does, you don't get the nice ambiance of the wood stove, but... Yeah. You know. Yeah. But no, I'm still planning on it in the springtime, so... I'm hoping to shoot a bunch of video as we do it. I think they'll make some pretty good content on, you know, setting up a shop. What, what you need to think about electrical wise, um, you know, uh, plumbing, if you're doing plumbing um, I'm going to do a small office inside the shop okay. and a bathroom. I think we were talking, John and I were talking about this. Um, I didn't realize like the size, the minimum size you need for a bathroom with a shower in it is v- actually very small. Uh,
2: it's like sixty-four square feet, or something. Yeah. right? <laughs> it's like six yeah. by six, or
0: yeah. oh yeah, like you six, can. So. I
1: think you can technically fit a three-quarter bath in like a six-foot by four-foot room, right? Which seems crazy to me, but that that makes sense.
2: Stack uh, it up, right? Yeah. It's On like a, it put the toilet and shower and
1: yeah, the uh-huh. sink yeah, like right there. It's all yeah. the same plumbing. Yeah, exactly. But no, then uh, I think that will be nice, and that will make it you know, down the road, if we ever moved, it would make it more appealing for somebody because they could potentially turn it into like a mother-in-law suite or something if yeah. they wanted. So I'm going to try not to go super crazy. I did, who was I talking to? I went to a sawmill seminar a couple of weeks ago and the guy at the end of the seminar, we went to a guy's shop and kind of his milling operation. And he did uh, he ran a professional cabinet shop for, you know, 25, 30 years. And he had in-floor ductwork for his dust collection, which was really nice. But that's a big commitment. So, I don't think I want to do that. Um, yeah. Just kind of playing the waiting game at this point. So, gotta take down much trees. Maybe we'll do some video on dropping some trees. There you that go. always fun. Yeah, Especially when stuff goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Got to do it for the clicks.
2: Yep.
0: (laughs) I think that wraps it up for today's episode. If you have any questions, comments, or smart remarks, we'd love to hear from you. You can put them in the comments on our YouTube channel, where you can also watch today's episode. Or you can email them to us, woodsmith at woodsmith.com. Thanks for listening to the Shop Notes podcast, everybody. I want to remind you today's episode brought to you by Shaper Tools. We offer a lot of this material for free, so that's why you sometimes get sponsor messages like this one or a little update on some of the products that we have. It's just another way to be able to help pay for the content that we provide. Shaper Origin is the handheld CNC that you can use to add digital precision to your woodworking. You can tackle all kinds of things from hardware installation, cabinetry, joinery, all of that with speed and precision. Uh, Shaper Tools even has an offer that you can try it in your shop for 30 days. You can visit shapertools.com to learn more. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week.